If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system podcast. Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 192, featuring the Sony Open in Hawaii from Wailai Country Club in Honolulu. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamber, to discuss this week's golf betting action. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, chaps. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews, masses of tournament statistics, including strokes gained and our predictor models, all available completely free of charge. There is no paywall at Golf Betting System. We're available on Twitter. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. I'm at Bamford Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I will be recording a Sony show straight after this podcast record. Please subscribe and like the shows. Right. We always ask for five-star reviews each and every week. As ever, for those of you who leave a review on Apple or iTunes, whatever way you know it as, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Okay. We have a five-star review here from, his name is The King of the Three Putt. Uh, and he's in Great Britain. If only I could average three putts on each green when I play golf, I'd be absolutely ecstatic with that. Um, the title is Top Golf Chat and Betting Tips, five stars. I've been an avid follower of your website content for years and stumbled across your podcast at the beginning of lockdown 2020. The level of detail that is thrown into each podcast is outstanding and gives a great insight into what to expect from the weekend's golf ahead. The golf tips aren't bad either, with a pretty much guaranteed second place finish every week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for keeping this going and look forward to hearing from you after the winter break. That is from Rob and he is in Birmingham in the United Kingdom. Rob, thank you for that fantastic review. It's really, really kind of you. Yeah, brilliant stuff, Rob. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, glowing review. Second places, Steve. We don't mind a few, do we? Yeah, yeah. Tied fifth this one. But to be fair, I can't. I can't be because uh, Morikawa was nowhere. So to see him go, I think he was three under through the first four. You think yourself an elite golfer final round. They tend to keep it going. So when I woke up and he managed to squeak a little bit of well, at least got me each way stake money. But I was quite happy with that because, as far as I was concerned, it was a full blank result. I'm going to go into last week after a couple of. Should we call them? Uh, let's call them. I don't know. But let's call it podcast. Um, admin work. Right, first thing I want to do, Paul, mm. is we, for another year, thanks to Bet365, have a rather interesting majors competition, don't we, for 2022? And I wanted to you just to run the listeners through that, that so they, they can enter and get involved. So yeah, over to you on that. Absolutely. 11th, I think it's the 11th consecutive year that Bet365 really? 
Yeah, kindly sponsored it once again. So there's £250 in uh, cash prizes up for grabs. Um, and if you've entered the majors competition before, it's exactly the same as we've done for the last two or three years now. So it's effectively a one and done. You need to pick one player for the Masters, one for the PGA Championship, one for the US Open, and one for the Open Championship. Scribble them down, send them over to, to us on Twitter um, via the dedicated thread on the Facebook group or you can email them. Now, there's a the link, and I'm sure Steve will stick the link with all of this, um, all these details in the uh, podcast description. There's also a link on Steve's preview this week on the Golf Betting System website. So um, if you navigate through to that, you'll find it really quite close to the top of his preview this week. But yes, basically, four names, four different names um, for each of the four majors. Um, you get scored based on the dollar earnings from that player for that particular major that you pick them for and we create a little mini league table mini leaderboard of how everyone who's entered is doing for the uh, for four majors and the person at the top wins 150 pounds in cash and um, second place is 75 third place is 25 and of course if you're um, overseas then it will be the currency equivalent for that number um, that you win so dead simple, um, effectively just four names, um, four different names at that, and uh, see how they get on. All a bit of fun. We usually have some really strong entries where people are getting two or three um, <laughs> of the uh, of the major champions correct. And if you're picking yeah, that... Before you... before they tee off at Augusta, and, yeah, then, absolutely. and they're struggling to hit a barn door a couple of days <laughs> before each major. Yeah, so that's... that's, yeah, that's you know, yeah. That's the point. Um, you need to get the entries in before the first tee time at Augusta. So you are, you know, you, you'll have a good view by then as to what uh, the field looks like at Augusta. But further down the line, you are taking a bit of a punt. So um, it's uh, it, it requires a bit of um, bit of foresight and um, a lot of skill to get to, to the top of that leaderboard. So um, all a bit of fun. Get uh, get your entries in. We usually get four or five hundred entries, so it's usually pretty pretty popular. And uh, some good cash prizes at the end should you be triumphant. So uh, I look forward to, or we look forward to seeing your entries. Now, I just wanted to mention something that came to my attention over the last couple of days. I, I listen to most of my podcasts on Spotify. And when I was on the Golf Betting System pod last week, or in fact, it was um, the Fight Disciples podcast I was listening to because I like a bit of UFC. Um, there's a there's now a five-star rating on Spotify. And as we always say at the top of each show and during each show, it's, it's the listeners that drive this podcast and drive the popularity of the show. So if you listen on Spotify... I mean, this is a new button that I haven't seen before. So if you could actually rate us five stars on Spotify, it's, you don't have to leave any kind of um, comments as you do on Apple. So if you could just rate us five stars on Spotify so that we get a, um, a five-star rating on there, that would be absolutely fantastic. And, of course, by doing so, you will add to or help the popularity of the show as we continue to grow it. So five-star ratings on Spotify as well, of course, as what you do on Apple Podcasts would be fantastic. Right, that's that all taken care of. We can get into the podcast proper. Cam Smith, talk me through it, Barry. I, I know I know you've, you've started the year 
a little bit depressed that you missed out on a bit of Cam Smith at prices up to 28 to 1. Yeah, one of those ones that um, players that just pops in your head for a fleeting second and you go, oh, yeah, and then you just quickly dismiss it. And uh, yeah, so didn't listen to the spider senses and uh, that felt great to kick off the year with that. So um, just 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 a bit of a head smack when, when you actually, he had popped in your head and then you just something just dismisses it. Um, Why did you dismiss, Baron? Let, let, I'll be your psychiatrist. Why did you dismiss backing Cameron Smith as we all did? I, I think it was the lack of play for a while before the tournament. But yeah, it, that, that's like if I had a real reason, like a definitive one, then it might be easier to get over because I would have like thought through it. But it was it was just you know to 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 check the gut feeling and just like dismiss it straight away. That's a kind of a frustrating thing because I don't have a rational reason um, that I did now. So that's, I guess that's where it gets stuck in limbo um, and, and becomes a bit more frustrating. I suppose if it had been somebody I'd like analyzed, thought through and said, okay, no, check them off the list because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, at least, at least you've got that uh, medicine to sleep at night. So anyway, he was, um, he was superb. What 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 a mm. performance! I mean, not even just him, but himself, Ram, and um, uh, Matt Jones. Davis. Oh, sorry, Matt Jones mixing yeah. my Aussies. Um, just astonishing. Mm. I mean, it, it was always kind of. Uh, I mean, that kind of level of scoring was high scoring was available uh, or low scoring. With the the way the course was uh, had received so much rain, and then the um, the, the conditions being very benign. Uh, but like 34, 33 and 32 is, uh, it, it's astonishing. Incredible numbers on it. A, a big record for the PGA Tour. On it. Smith got to 30 under, didn't he, five, six years ago, whenever it was. But uh, for three of them to eclipse that number, um, scoring was, I, it's not for everyone, is it? And it's just birdie after birdie after birdie, um, which... Yeah, if there's if there's a balance, the balance will come further down the further down the line. I'm not sure we'll see the balance this week at the Sony, mind, but um, by the time we get into the meat of the season, there should be some some more stringent tests. But uh, it certainly got the birdies flowing and the scoring flowing for the guys out there. You yeah. said earlier, Steve, that um, kind of mid pack fifteenth place was twenty under par, I think, for the week, wasn't it? Yeah, I think we called it last week on the. On the pod, in terms of the scoring, I mean, um, we said last week nine players got to twenty under or lower last year, and as the wind was benign this year, um, it did start raining. I think it was the Monday and the Tuesday of tournament week, as they were sort of turning up and doing their practice rounds. It rained quite heavily, so they they were they it was lift clean and place for the first thirty six holes, um, and this year, t- uh, eighteen. <laughs> 18 players shot 20 under par or less. I mean, it's crazy, really. You look at Seamus Power, Taylor Gooch, Patrick Reed, Max Homer, they all shot 20 under par and they were tied for 15th. That is mad. That's absolutely mad. It reminded me, actually, of that scoring that they had at the BMW Championship where Cantley and DeChambeau threw away that victory when I was on board back in... um, Back in August, yeah, and Cant Cantley won it on it in like a didn't they go like six holes on a playoff? That was twenty s twenty seven under par won that Cantley and Deschamber. Mm. Um, it's just becoming the norm now, isn't it on PJ Tour? And we, I don't think we're going to go down this route. 
Um, McElroy won at 25 under at the Summit Club um, back in October, and there they had and 13 players at 20 under par or less. So this this just took it to a whole new level. 18 players under 20 under par. Yeah. Well, if it's soft, if there's no no wind, these these guys just rip these courses up, don't they? As you say, the, yeah. the, the greens have been flattened, so they, they weren't overly taxing anyway. And you put a player like uh, Cam Smith, who's an incredible putter, um, on a course where it's wholly attackable, and well, you send results 34 under. It's going to take some beating to go beyond that in the, the next few years, decades. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for it, it's a 258 total. Yeah, I suppose that's, I mean, that's the real number you kind of have to maybe pay attention to is the total yeah. rather than the actual yeah. under par. Um, the, the, the under par number is, I mean, we all, the, the seven, par 73 on that course is a bit of a gimmick when the course is playing that benign. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's their little signature that they have a par 73 for this week. It, it helps just give that like kick to the year. It's like, boom, we're back with, you know, we're here with a load of birdies and under par scores. And I mean, I, you kind of have to love it in a way because if every week was a brutally difficult one, it would be, it would become a boring homogenous product. So to get weeks like this, like just, you kind of have to love that just steer into it completely. It's like, just go make as many birdies and under par scores as possible. And you just kind of, you just sit there and enjoy it. Um, it might not be the, the best tasting version of golf that we like to, to watch, but um, if you don't have this and you can't really enjoy the weeks where it is a real test, so um, it, it was kind of fun. Yep. Hit and, hit and giggle jolly, and uh, yeah, on, on to something probably a little bit more challenging this week. Marginally, I think. Not sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> I am not sure about that overly. I mean, Kevin Narb on this 21 under par last year, and... Uh, Kuchar 22 under par it's a par 70 I just wanted to raise a couple of points Victor Hovland and there's a lot of people very 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 sweet on Victor Hovland this year Um, I saw various drafts and whatever over in North America that were held before the start of the century and I think in Pat Mayo's draft he was drafted third player um, and there's got you know a lot of talk about him winning majors this year and breaking through. The thing that I've noticed with Hovland, listen to these numbers: minus eight point nine, minus three point five, and last week minus six point two. And those numbers are around the green strokes gained. He lost six point two strokes around the greens last week at um, Kapalua. Yeah. So if you're winning majors on major difficult golf courses and you're missing greens, that short game, the chipping around the green, he's got to start working on that severely again. He'd improved it, hadn't he? But those last, that's, that's, those last three go back to the Shrines. Minus 8.9, minus 3.5 and minus 6.2 around the green. Yeah, and if, you, if you're hitting an absolute stack of greens and still still... Missing fifty percent of your up and downs, you might be able to get away with it. But if you if his mm. if, if his approach pay drops off and he's still scrambling like that, then he's not going to win tournaments, is he? Um, the flip side is we know he's so 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 good that he can hit those greens and uh, he, he can get away with it. But uh, but yeah, it's certainly an area of improvement. 
on the on the. I think an area of improvements, yeah, it's going to be needed for the majors. You, you can't compete in major championship difficult golf with with such a poor around the green game. Because and you know I'm not having a I'm not here to be negative to Victor. I think he's a great talent. But you look at his wins: Puerto Rico twice at Mayakoba, and he won the hit and giggle at the Hero World Challenge. They are all easy golf courses with very flat greens, and when you miss a green, it's relatively easy to up and down. They are not major championship difficult golf courses. So that that number just jumped out at me when I was collecting the data early yesterday morning. You know. Plum last, 38th of 38, losing over six strokes around the green. That's that's crazy. Very, very crazy. Um, right, okay. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to point out as well about Cam Smith, the reason I didn't pick him, because you know, I did go down the... I, I had a couple of weeks to try and pick, to work out who I was going to pick. I didn't pick him because his driving had been so destructive. He'd been negative strokes gained off the tee for four of his last five outings. Despite playing really well, and as we as we said, absolutely critical of Kapalua in terms of the driving, the strokes going off the tee. I think it was the most important element when we went through the analysis last week. Sure enough, he went from um, minus three point one five and minus half a stroke to then be the best driver on the golf course last week at four strokes gained off the tee. And as you said, Paul, when you've got such a great approach player and a great putter, and all of a sudden they're ranking first for strokes gained off the tee, and I'm just scanning here, he's never been strokes gained off the tee, going back to the middle of 2019, um, that's why he has such an incredible performance, and if he has straightened that driver, and he did mention in a couple of um, interviews towards the end of last year, that it, the driver was, he knew that the driver was the problem, it was costing him tournaments, if he has got that driver back, or actually into a position where it's so, so strong and a real weapon for him, he's going to be um, a player to seriously watch out for this year, Cam Smith. The yeah, way that well, he held off John Rahm, world number one, I thought was very impressive. Yeah, but whether it's straight or straighter, I mean, the, the, those fairways there, it's um, capillary yeah, so immense, aren't they? But yes, he yeah. it, it, it couldn't, it couldn't be so flagrant that he was making, you know, making bogeys or, or losing balls or whatever. So it was straight enough, but certainly in terms of the stats, then yeah, to, to pop up as uh, the, the kind of tournament leader for strokes gained off the tee, um, it's a perfect storm, isn't it? As you say, you couple that with the rest of his game. Oh, man. So, when your weakness becomes your, when your weakness one week becomes your strength, and the rest of your game is exactly on point. It's, it's no different to a great ball striker, isn't it? Great ball striker that all of a sudden can putt reasonably well. You know, like a Sergio Garcia, and we, you know, we go through the years. All of a sudden, can't putt, can't putt, can't putt, can putt. What do they do? They go and win, don't they? Yeah. Um, it's not, he was actually third for total driving, so in the top fourteen for driving accuracy as well. So a really, really strong performance. Uh, just an impressive all round, isn't it? Right, Sony opening in Hawaii. I've been absolutely kind of. They were still withdrawing from this last night as I went to bed. The, yeah, the, the, I think there's more to come, Steve. Mate, is this COVID or I don't know what it is. It's I've, just it's, there's not been apart from uh, apart from Bryson with his uh, with his gammy wrist. There's not been uh, <laughs> there's not been any other real ex- explanation of the other guys. So perhaps it is. Perhaps it's COVID, or perhaps there's some quarantine or, or quarantine or, or 
I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps there's some reasons why these guys can't make them make their way into the uh, into the area. Not sure. It's not really being publicised, is it? No, far from it. This is um, the first full field event of 2022. The Sony Open in Hawaii. It's it's a, a long-standing event on the PGA Tour. It's been played for many, many years. Played at the Wireline Country Club. Now, I take on board what Barry said about the scoring this week. It's a, I mean, if you if you compare uh, the Plantation Course at Kapalua to the Wireline Country Club, they are literally chalk and cheese. The only thing that's kind of similar is the agronomy in terms of the the, um, the grass. Uh, this week we've got Tiff Dwarf Bermuda Grass as opposed to Tiff Eagle last week. Uh, this is a par 70, it's not long, 7,044 yards. The fairways are relatively um, thin. They're 34 yards wide at 300 yards carry as opposed to 65 last week. Um, only two par fives, both reachable. Um, the thing here is, though, driving accuracy isn't important, but it's, a, it's an old classical golf course, effectively. It's a Rainer designed from 1927. Uh, it had a Tom Doak restoration in 17 and 18. If you're looking at a potential link, and this does crop up when you look at some previous winners here and players that have contended, Rainer was also the original designer of old white TPC. And we used to see that regularly on the PGA Tour at the Greenbrier Classic. Mm. Um, and there is some carryover there, undoubtedly. I mean, I remember last year, Wacky. I have to get him in there every week, even though he's not playing. Wacky Neiman was contending here, and Neiman, of course, won his only PGA Tour event at Greenbrier. And when you just look at winners here, you know Kevin Nars won at Greenbrier. There are there are trends between Greenbrier, which is completely the other side of the USA over in West Virginia, and it's bent grass greens. But in terms of design. There seems to be a carryover. And we, we've mentioned this a lot last 12, 18 months on this podcast. This really is an event, I think, for the, for the, for the short course experts of the PGA Tour, Barry, the Kevin Kisners, the Kevin Nars, uh, the Jim Furicks of old, the Zach Johnsons of old, players that specialise just because of their player abilities and their strengths and weaknesses on shorter golf courses and this wildlife country club and i think that's why it's it's a it's a pretty poor renewal this year in terms of quality of field because i think most of the elite and the way that the the, the elite play their golf these days doesn't really strength of the uh, strokes gained off the tee is just not important here at at all so you find that most of the elite say i'll tell you what um I'll give the Sony Open a miss, and I'll see you next a couple of weeks' time over at Torrey Pines, mm. um, or Saudi. I mean, a lot of them will be going to Saudi, so that's probably taken a, a few away from here because they'll they'll take the, the money down in Saudi rather than play this. So there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment in terms of players and where they're going to play. But I was just I was I was disappointed with the field. I mean. As we were pulling the, the preview together and all the stats and data, of course, Paul, yesterday, Bryson DeChambeau was a big name. Cameron Smith and Bryson DeChambeau were heading the betting. DeChambeau withdrew. So now we're down to Cam Smith <clears throat> at the top. I'm seeing him as short as 8-1 to one in some spots. Yep. Sunjay Im at 16s. Uh, Webb Simpson 16s in a play in a couple of places, 3-6-5 and William Hill. Hideki Matsuama at 18s. Bearing in mind this is sponsored by... 
Sony, one of the biggest corporations in Japan. He plays every year, although doesn't really tend to do very well. Um, Leishman at 20s. Corey Connors at 25 to 1. Then we've got Kevin Nah, the defending champion at 30 to 1. Taylor Gooch, Abraham Anser, and Kevin Kisner at 35s, along with our nemesis, Russell Henley, who is on my Never Back Again list, just to bring that to the front of the uh, front of mind. And then we've got Harris English at 40s, Matt Jones, who you two have already mentioned from last week at 45 to 1, and we're then out to 50 to 1, the likes of Seamus Power friend of the podcast, and Billy Horschel. But yeah, it's not a great field. You normally get at least three to five of the real elite that hang on for this second week. And and all I will say is when, when I'm going to the bottom of the uh, betting odds, I've got players like Parker McClacklin, Jerry Kelly, Martin Trainer, Gerard Wolf, Paul Bajon, Callum Tarran, Dowie van der Voort. You know, every rookie or every um, Corn Ferry graduate from last year have got a start, and that just shows there's not a lot of depth here whatsoever. No. Even though my USD pulled out, didn't he? So uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's telling its own story. Omar Uresti is a WD. <laughs> they were even withdrawing last night, as I said, when I, when I was retiring to my quarters. I just no, I couldn't believe it. Oh, Rob Bowen, he's he's had a yeah. busy week on Twitter, isn't he, old Rob? Yeah, he could be busting his record for the number of um, field adjustments by the end of. Uh, yeah, end it's of almost like it's almost like one of these events that they run alongside a major or WGC where people literally just they can't be bothered. Uh, Andy Og- oh Lucas Herbert was was one I noticed. Mm. Another withdrawal. Pat Perez has gone. Uh, they just can't. Anyway, doesn't really matter. We still got an event on. Um, classical golf course, as I said, Wildlife Country Club. Difficulty ranked last year, forty fifth of fifty one courses. So it was the sixth easiest course on tour. Uh, on average, it was two point zero two strokes below par across the field. Um, let's talk about strengths. What 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 are we looking for this week from players? Well, strokes gained tournament average, yeah? We'll have a look at that. Now, last week at Kapalua, strokes gained off the tee was the most important metric at the plantation course. And let's compare it to Wireline. Well, this week, I'm taking Nar back to Fabian Gomez back in 2016, who won at 100-1. Strokes going off the tee, 32nd has been the average um, position within the field of the winner here. So 32nd for strokes going off the tee. Approach, 12th. Around the green, 20th. Tee to green, 11th. Strokes going putting, 6th. So I think that tells you all you need to know. It's a putting contest. That's what it is. Hot. We need hot, hot, hot putters this week. And if we're looking at it from a traditional skill set averages perspective, again, same exercise, but I'm going back all the way to another friend of the podcast, Ryan Palmer in 2010. Yes, Ryan Palmer actually won here. I think that was his last ever singles victory on the PGA Tour. 
Yeah, quite possibly. That's mad. Um, driving distance, 29th. Not important. And exactly what I said. Elite golfers now, Hovlands, Rams, players that you know, gain so many of their strokes off the tee. This is an alien course to them. So driving distance, 29th. Driving accuracy, 40th. Just not important whatsoever. Greens in regulation, 11th. Proximity to hole, 17th. Scrambling, 19th. And putting average, again, the most important, 6th. So effectively, I think we've got a wedge and a, you know, a par 5 contest this week with your long, you know, your fairway woods and whoever can create the most chances and has the hottest putter. And as we know, <clears throat> when it comes down to a putting contest and scoring, which again, I, I think the course, the lowest um, score of the tournament, the tournament low score records in danger this week. 2200, uh, um, don't get this right, Steve. Justin Thomas, 27 under par in 2017, has the low score record for this. But this is the thing that got me. Absolutely no wind again this week. The wind has laid down. And I checked these numbers, um, as I always do. December, 346 millimetres of rain the course took. January, 228 millimetres. And they were so big, I'm like, is that right? And then the Greenkeeper sheet came through last, last night. And it was quoted on there that the golf course received... Was it 90, it said on there, 19 inches of rain in December alone? Yeah, it kind of marries up to your number, give or take. That's a lot of water, isn't it? And so that's a lot for January today. Did you say Did you say January? Oh, that was December. January, that's been topped up, another 228 yeah. mil. Well, that's right, yeah, yeah. What's that, seven, seven, eight inches already? So, yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be pretty soft, isn't it? Pretty soft and windless. I think you're going to see a lot of birdies again. On a much shorter course as well. Here you go. The course has received 19 inches of rain since mid-December. <laughs> and has had two rain events which flooded the course in the last month. Right. Um, so 27 under par from JT is definitely under threat this week. And it's a par 70 with two par 5s. Yeah, yeah. You can see why so Cam we, Smith's we, been backed off the boards again. Can't so you? all I will say, gents, is we need our putting boots this week. Mm. You're not going to ball strike yourself to 25 under par. Positive putters. That's where we're at. Any thoughts, Barry? Or are you just doing your homework? Home, <clears throat> homework. Morning homework. <coughs> um no, I'm just digesting a little bit in the background and merging it with uh, some wild thoughts. Yeah, I've got one. Wow. I've got one. Lo- yeah, I've got one. One long, long shot uh, that's popped into my head, but I'm not gonna not gonna go there yet. We need to get a couple of the, he- the no, headliners in. Keep your powder dry, Barry. Tournament yeah. winners and prices. Kevin Nar eighty to one last year. Eighty to one for Kevin Nar. Yeah, he come off a shocker at the century, didn't he? Absolutely. So he came off a shocker. So that kind of put my mind at rest that one of the, I had in my head that I was going to tip up this week because he had an absolute shocker last week, but it's immaterial. Cameron Smith, 55 to 1 in 2020. 
Now, these are the kind of prices we like to find winners at, yeah? Matt Kuchar, 2019. He'd won at Mayakoba at the end of the previous year. 40 to 1. So I am not going to be chasing Cam Smith at 8 to 1. Patton Kaziah, he'd won at Mayakoba the end of the calendar year before. 80 to 1. And then, of course, Justin Thomas, who did do the Sony and Century Tournament of Champions double, which has been done twice, I believe. Ernie Els and Justin Thomas. 14 to 1. Actually, looking back, that's not a bad price, was it, for a guy that won the week before? 14 mm. to 1, JT. Yeah. 2016, Fabian Gomez. Now, I believe Fabian Gomez had finished in the top six at Plantation the week before. He was 100 to 1 winning this. So if you look at that, I've just gone back to the past eight renewals since they bought in this split season structure. 53 to 1 is the average price of the winner here. And if you go back all the way to our friend of the podcast, Ryan Palmer. Do you know what? Ryan Palmer is not on my do not ever back again post-it <laughs> note. I might need to review that. Um but then you might get Ryan Palmer at 125 to 1 each way at the Farmers Insurance <laughs> yeah, a couple of weeks' time. And then I'll be, I'll be on him. As you know, I'll be you on him. You won't to be one able Ryan Palmer. He'll, be, yeah. he'll go into Saturday, joint leader, and he'll end up finishing tie for ninth. Ryan Palmer. See for, yeah, for, first round leader bets and, um, and, yeah. and back to lays, maybe. We, uh, we move away from the point here. Uh, the overall average, going back to Palmer, 2010, 82 to 1, the winner of this. So I have absolutely peppered, peppered that kind of mid-range. I think that's where we're looking this week. I've, I've negated the very top of the betting, and I haven't looked at any long shots whatsoever. My longest price was 66 to 1 last night, and that was getting backed off the boards. Or I think DeChambeau, his withdrawal, it was just a sea of blue and odds mm. checker as... The bookmakers were slicing chunks off anyone that they thought had half a chance of winning. Yeah. It was just a sea of light blue. So that's where I'm at. So we're looking for putters this week who can go very, very, very low. One thing I was going to quickly bring up is our strokes gain data, which of course is available at Golf Betting System, completely free of charge. I'll take you through... Uh, the top 10 strokes gained total here since 2016 in this field, right? Sw uh, Hudson Swafford at 10, Kevin Kisner at 9, Charles Howe third, who loves this place, he's at 8, Mark Leishman at 7, Patton Kizaya at 6. We've got a guy called Nick Hardy at 5, who only played last year, I think he finished 14th or something. Yep. He was uh, He's 5th. Corey Connors at 4. Matt Kuchar, three. Webb Simpson, of course, at two. Might be... You won't be surprised if you're a regular listener or you, you, you follow it, but Brendan Steele tops out here. Number one for strokes gain total since 2016 on this golf course. Steele, Simpson, Kuchar, the top three. I haven't backed any of them. Yeah, well, three, coming off the back of, what, second and fourth Steele for the last two attempts there, isn't he? He is. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> right Barry let's work in reverse this week I'm going to throw you under the bus early doors right who have you gone at a big price because I've, I've spoken far too much who do you fancy at a big price uh, it's Graham McDowell mm -hmm. 
He's Makes been, um, yeah, I, a few, few rumblings and articles about like a refocus, a remotivation, you know, I'm not done. So th- there's just that, let's say maybe a bit more of an edge and grit and determination that, w- you know, w- we've known from him in the past. So yeah, that kind of maybe reframing of the mind has got him a bit more determined. Um, he had a good, good result there in one of the, um, the winter hit and giggles a few weeks ago. And he was, was a fourth here. One second, fourth here, two years ago. So I picked him up at 200 to one, eight places on William Hill. He played that QBE shootout, didn't he? Which has quite strong links to this. He was fifth with Corey Connors at that hit and giggle. So he's clearly had some competitive juices flowing over December and into jam. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's the kind, isn't he? Do you like, like, I mean, it's the thing he's not, he's, his game off the tee is not the strongest, but you know, like, like we're, we're like, we're kind of angling for this week that that's not one of the key not, things. Not important. No. So, uh, no, he Razor, lost. brilliant, brilliant short game. Um, when, when it's on and, um, yeah, can, can put with the best of them on his day. So, but sure, like at two hundred to one, um, I don't need to have too many reasons to to pull the trigger and have a little bet on it. No, no, you can take a chance. He likes his coastal golf, doesn't he? There have been some positive noises coming out of the uh, McDowell camp. Um, interesting to see how he goes. It's uh, it's long overdue a, a decent run of form. I think we shall see. You could just write a huge list of these short course specialists, can you? You mm. really could. Just you just floating. Mm-hmm. I'm just floating down. I mean, Siwoo Kim, Joel Damon, Denny McCarthy. I wouldn't be surprised if Paul's put Denny McCarthy up. He hasn't. He hasn't told me, but he's a Denny McCarthy truther, isn't you, Paul? You love a bit of Denny. Chris Kirk. He was second here last year. Brendan Todd. He's, he's on my never back again list, by the way, Todd. Um, Hoagie, Sink, it just goes on and on. Adam Long's been putting well. Zach Johnson, of course, who won here in 2009. It's just, you know, all of the short hitters, Branch, Snedeker, they've all turned up for this because they just know this is a big, big chance to land a two-year exemption. Yeah. I've got one at 400 to 1, Steve, I can add into wow. the mix at this point. Come on. And uh, I thought oh, you were going to... What I, am I even doing? I what am I even doing? <laughs> or, you, I, you don't tell me you're back Bo Hosler. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, although in terms of uh, in terms of putting, I can see your angle there. Number I thought you were gonna... one, number one for strokes game putting on the tour so far this year yeah, is Bo. Yeah. Oh, no, the boy can putt. It's just a shame mm. about the rest of his. It's game. a shame about the rest of it. <laughs> I thought you were going to get to this guy as you as you moved down your uh, really? list just then. Um, Brian, Brian Gay. Gay. Oh mate, four hundred to one. Now he, he shot a couple of sixty fours the back end of last year, which uh, kind of got him in my. Notebook. He shot sixty four at the Bermuda Championship. He also also shot sixty four to open the um, uh, the RSM Classic, and both of them before Christmas. And if you look back at his twenty twenty win when he won the Bermuda, he came off the back of no form whatsoever. And actually, he's shown a little bit more than that recently. Uh, if you go through your um, preview, then he sits at the top of that wins on Bermuda grass uh, list. He's got four wins on Bermuda over the years. Um, fifth year in 2009, 6th in 2012. Um, most recent decent effort here, 22nd in 2019 when he was 2nd for strokes game putting. Um, 
Brian Gay can putt, as we know, and short 70s, short courses, short past 70s absolutely suit his game. So if we were talking about um, Kevin Nahr focusing um, on this kind of course, this kind of setup as being somewhere that he knows he can compete and somewhere that he knows he can truly contend, um, then Brian Gay, again, looking at this setup, looking at this kind of course, has got to be right close to the top of his target list in terms of courses that he can perform on. And I thought 400 to 1 had to be taken. So I've taken it. Simple as that. What did you... <laughs> I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be as crass as to ask how much of what your stake was. Four hundred six six so points did, each way. You did oh, no, say the, last, the, equivalent, the equivalent of half a point each way, Steve. Is what you did say last week that one of your um, uh, one of your goals of the year is to pay off your mortgage. <laughs> now Brian oh, no, Gay no, 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 no. could be he could be the guy that opens the door. That that would just be uh, that would just be. Setting up the fund for my transatlantic double spree this this season. Should he win? Should he place that or give it a nice little boost anyway? But yes, Brian Gay for me is the only one I've picked at a three-figure price. You mentioned that feature in my preview and we never ever talk about it really. For the record, here's the breakdown of Bermuda Grass PGA Tour Victors since 2008. 2008, why is that? Well, it's because when I started basically doing this. But anyway... Four PGA Tour victories on Bermuda grass. Jimbo Furyk, Brian Gay, Bill Huss, Billy Horschel, Zach Johnson. They're all level on four. And I'll, I'll give you the threes. Three PGA Tour victories on Bermuda grass. Siwoo Kim, Kevin Kisner, Matt Kuchar, Ryan Palmer, Cam Smith, because he clearly added one last week, and Brant Schnedeker. They are the most winniest players in this field on Bermuda grass greens. Graham McDowell is on that list, mm. but he's he's had one victory. I think that was the would that have been the Heritage twenty thirteen? I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm going back into my mind to remember that one. He's had a few on pass for him, hasn't he? It, it so. might have been twenty twelve, something like. That. Yeah, is yeah, it plenty on pass? But but clearly, you know, Barry's right. Low scoring. I remember him winning Mayakoba after quite a low score. By the sea, short golf course. It all makes logical sense. So there's a couple of big prices there, listeners, if you're, if you're interested. I haven't even looked this far down, I'll be honest. I'll tell you one name that did pop up to me. Um, I don't really think his game fits particularly, but he was second a few outings ago in Houston. And he is an exceptional putter right now when you look at the statistics. Kevin Tway. There's 300 to 1 hanging about Kevin Tway. Um, I'm also seeing 200 to 1 if you want to take the eight places. Ball Sports, 10 places again this week, 150 to 1 on Tway. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Tway's been putting extremely well of late. Yeah, I did have a quick look as well. His form here is particularly rough, isn't it? Yeah, it Five is. out of six missed cuts and a 69th. Uh, yeah, 69th in 2018 he got. So. But, yeah. yeah. You could take a punt at that price for a couple of quid, couldn't you? I'll go to the boring end of the board. I have absolutely peppered. Now, when I was pulling this um, preview together, Mark Leishman, I think there was a little bit of 30 to 1 about him. Mm. That got destroyed. 
um, DeChambeau destroyed that. I managed to get on Leishman at 22 to 1 last night. It's a 20 to 1 chance now. And if you just, I mean, Leishman's so obvious, it's it's frightening really. I, I, I don't really want to waste the listeners' time by going through the rationale behind it, but at the end of the day, the guy can win on any kind of surface. Um, he's he's won the 2017 BMW Championship at Conway Farms. You mentioned that last week as half the rationale you were on him at Capilouth. 23 yeah. under par, he won that. He won the CIMB Classic the last time they played that in Malaysia. 26 under par. So he's got absolutely no problems about going low. And if you look at his form, the latter end of last year into this year, fourth at the Fortinet. Third at the Shriners, third at the QBE shootout, when I think they were leading going into Sunday, him and Jason Day. And he was 10th last week at the Century. And there was, there was nothing wrong with his game. He just didn't quite make enough putts last week to get you an each way payout. No, and he could have, uh, had he shot eight or nine under on the final day, he would have made it. He would have done. Yeah. yeah, it was just a pedestrian, what, six under, which. Um, around those parts was level par effectively yeah six under's no good is it on a Sunday pathetic so I'm on Leishman he's so obvious it's frightening he he was mentioned in that top 10 for um, of strokes gained across this golf course he's he's just got a litany of he's had a 12th here a 9th a 5th a 3rd and a 4th President's Cup year. We know that Amer- Australians and South Africans tend to win in gluts when they see another you know, national. I mean, we had a load of South African wins all in a row last year. Could see it again this week with you know Smith now being um, Australia's number one golfer in the in the world rankings. Leishman could do with a win just to cement that President's Cup spot. So yeah, Leishman, round peg, round hole. This was the last tip that I wrote, and I almost didn't back him for a typical Steve reason because, you know, one of the things that I was looking for wasn't perfect, so I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna go there. And in the end, I, I was kind of well, I could go for Tom Hoagie. I like Hoagie this week, eighty to and then I went no, fucks do it. I'm gonna get a decent golfer in there, a price that I think's reasonable. I went Kevin Kisner. One and a half points each way, 35 to one. I got eight places each way with William Hill last night. And again, ninth in this field since 2016 for strokes gain total here at Wireline. And, you know, podcast listeners know, short golf course, Bermuda grass greens. If you're looking for a putter, if you're looking for a guy that can go really, really low, step forward, Kevin Kisner. So I'm on him. Now, let's talk to the Kevin Kisner whisperer, Barry. Are you on him this week? Affirmative. How, how, how can you not? Like he's telegraphing some form. I mean, it's just, yeah. It, it's 35 it's, to it's, one was a bad price. It was actually 40 to one before DeChambeau decided he had a bit of a weak wrist. Yeah. The only thing I'm worried about is if, if it's just like, it's almost too obvious. I think that we got swept up in a Kisner um storm or the or golf betting did or you know um late late last year and he just he was nowhere i think he was already on his holidays i think he was already off mentally um doing some turkey shooting but barry ask yourself is kevin kisner a bermuda grass short golf course auto bet anyway Mm, yeah 
For yeah. me, anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want him. Be rude not to. Well, we've mentioned the QBE shootout. He was another one that played down at the Tiberian, I think it is, where, um, you know, this um, QBE shootout where Greg Norman organises every year. He was fifth at the QBE in December with partner Max Homer. And then last week, I just thought, I, I wasn't expecting anything from Kisner because, as you said, end of last year, I think tools were down. He was, he was shooting turkeys. I bet him and Brian Harmon were out there just shooting turkeys every day down in Georgia and just, you know, having a good time shooting everything that moved. I don't think golf was top of his list, especially as he won the Wyndham. So, he, you know, he had, a, he had a few mil in the bank from that to uh, to just relax on. But that that appearance last week, top 10 at Plantation, which I, I don't think Plantation is a golf course that Kevin Kisner's ever going to win at because he just hasn't got the mumbo off the tee. But everything else seemed to be working quite nicely last week. He was... Um, Listen to this, 34th for off the tee in that field of 38, but you listen, 8th for approach strokes gained and 3rd for strokes gained putting last week. He shot 7 under and 8 under Saturday and Sunday. He, I think he was 4th for weekend scoring at Plantation Court. So yeah, he's in, 35-1 to Kevin Kisner. I've then gone for a couple of uh, midfielders again. I took seven places each way this week with Betfred, but they were better numbers on Billy Horsham and Jason Kokrag. How many times have you put a guy up, he does absolutely nothing, and then you miss him out the next tournament and he goes and wins? He fits the mould perfectly this week, Kokrag. Absolutely perfect. Yeah, and had he won last week, uh, that would effectively have been three consecutive wins if you include the uh, include the shootout. So that's that's a tough ask. Um, the putter wasn't quite there last week, was it? No, <laughs> nothing was there last week, Paul. <laughs> I think he'd been on the sherbets, mate. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, prior to Christmas, it, uh, his putting had been a revelation. So you can't imagine he's just uh, just turned to. Turn to rubbish overnight, so uh, we'll see how he goes. I um, he was first round leader here last year, mm. off a similarly dismal performance at Plantation, and he mentioned in an interview on the Thursday after he walked off the the eighteenth green that he he didn't realise how what a hard walk the Plantation course was, and that's one of the reasons he struggled at um, that tournament. So if I'd have probably read that, I wouldn't have put him up there. But anyway, the Wireline Country Club is perfect for him. So I've gone for Coke Rag and I've gone for Billy Ho. Because I think Billy Ho, when we saw him win at Wentworth, he, 19 under par, he picked his way around there. Um, the other thing I mentioned about Kisner, if you, if you go to the predictor model this week, there's a soft golf course variable in there. And Kevin Kisner's in the top three for soft golf courses in this field. So I, I think Kisner's a cracking bet. But Horschel's in the top 10 for that ranking or top 20 for that ranking as well, Billy Horschel. Um, actually, the thing I really like about him, four of his six PGA victories have been on Bermuda Grass. As we said, he was, he was in the top uh, line of that Bermuda Grass winning list. But he's putting so well at the moment. And that's normally not Billy's strength. But watch out for Billy on Bermuda Grass. I just think that's his surface. 
And if he's serious about getting in a President's Cup this year, Billy Ho needs to win one of these shorter golf course tests. Get that PGA Tour victory under his belt. Get a load of points. So 45 to 1 for Horschel and for Kokrag. And then a player I'm quite sweet on. I mentioned him a lot on Bermuda Grass. I'm just sweet on him in general. Killer Keith Mitchell. Um, a bomber. I don't think bombing around here isn't necessarily a, a formula for winning. JT's won around here, and Jimmy Walker, when, when he was one of the best drivers and long drivers on the planet, won around here two years on the trot. So it can be done. But just Keith Mitchell, I think he's due a win. I think he's due a win on Bermuda grass quite soon. He just seems to be percolating for me. Um, I've got a point each way, 66 to 1, 8 place each way on Killer Keith Mitchell. That's my biggest price. So for me, Mitchell, Kokrag, Horschel, Kisner and Mark Leishman. I have peppered 22 to 1 to 66 to 1 this week. Based upon those um, winning odds that we've seen over the last 10 years or 12 years. What about you? Any 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 players to mention from your perspectives, gentlemen? Well, I've got another four, Barry. Have you got any more to go? Oh, whoa! You crack on there. <laughs> Throw a couple in. I, I've got I've got a couple more. Um, near the top, you know, New Year. Um, I'm not quite a New Year's resolution, but I am going to um, embrace what the numbers are telling me more this year. And if the players that I um, personally don't like backing, but they seem to fit, then I'm going to gonna be more, uh, kind of less true to myself, I guess, and more uh, more flamboyant with those kind of picks. So anyway, I'm backing, or I have backed Webb Simpson this week, which is um, the first time for a long, long time. I got him at 18s yesterday, it's a little bit of 16s left. Um, 18s was there fleetingly before uh, Bryson pulled out. And... Um, then the numbers are just screaming at me. If you're looking at a short course, Bermuda course, past 70s, they're all his forte, in my view. He's got a couple of wins on Bermuda. Um, Shriners, he won um, at 24 under. The RBC Heritage, he won at 22 under. So with both of those um, winning scores, we know he can get deep enough to, to get the right kind of number that we're going to have to see this week. That was his last win, the Heritage, at 22 under. Um, 11 attempts here, one missed cut. His last three attempts, fourth, third, fourth. So he gets on with the track just fine. Um, he led the field for strokes game putting here last year. And uh, incoming form of 14th at the CJ Cup, 8th at the RSM Classic in late November. At the RSM, he was first for strokes game approach, first for strokes game tee to green. Combine that with first for strokes game putting here last year and uh, Webb Simpson gets to 32 under this week, I think. So Webb wins um, in the mid mid range. Um, I've backed three that are kind of you know going to your point, Steve, about these kind of mid range prices. Mm. Um, I backed Joel Damon, uh, course former twenty second twelve coming in. Um, he did play last week, so I know again that's one of the narratives that often pops up on this uh, this week. Oh, I forgot that. Sorry. Let me yeah. just bring that out. Let me let me bring that out for the Go. listeners. Course experience seems to pay real dividends at Wildlife as 15 of the past 16 champions had played the Sony Open prior to lifting the trophy. The exception to that, as most people will know, was Russell Henley in 2013. And there's no doubt that players who have played at Kapalua the week before the Sony Open have historically had an advantage. 
of the past 23 champions, 16, that is 7-0%, had played on Maui the week before triumphing here since the introduction of the wraparound season. YLI winners, namely Walker, times two, Gomez, Thomas, Kisaya, Kuchar and Nah all played the tournament of champions. The exception was Cam Smith in 2019. He had played a campaign over in Australia in between the PGA Tour ending and the start of the new year. Mm. On you go. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's quite a strong trend, isn't it? He finished what, 28th, was it? Yeah, 28th last week. Um, so nothing, he wasn't pulling any trees up, was he? But even so, he did get uh, knocked the rust off a little bit. Um, back end of last year, fifth at the Houston Open, where his long game looked really good. 29th at the RSM Classic, where he's eighth strokes game putting. So I think he fits quite nicely, Joel Damon. Um, I also think, and you mentioned him, Steve, Denny McCarthy fits nicely this week. Um, great on Bermuda grass greens. Um, some good back-end form last year on coastal past 70s. Incoming form of 15th, 11th, 10th from the back-end last year. Uh, 90 to 1. You haven't got any course form here to go on, which is the reason I think he's out of that kind of price. Had he got yeah. a couple of... Yeah, some decent efforts here, and I think you'd find him... For his game price. shape, you'd have thought he'd have been out here before. Maybe he yeah. just couldn't get his head around the fact... He, 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 I think he always starts his campaign next week at PJ West in California. Yeah, I mean the very fact so, yeah, is added this, to this the... course sits suits Denny McCarthy because he, yeah, he's he's good by the coast as well. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think if he, you know if he'd got a top ten in his uh, repertoire coming here, I don't think you'd be seeing ninety to one about him this week. I think he'd be forty fifty. So happy to take the nineties and uh, and trust that this course will suit him because I think it will. I think it will uh, be right up his alley. Um, and the final one I backed, I just had to, um, out of curiosity, back Matt Jones. And I know he's been absolutely hammered. Um, 45 to 1. I, I, when the prices came up yesterday, I said to, said to you, Steve, 60 to 1 was the early price on Bet365. And that was, uh, you know, it looks short compared to what you would have expected had well, he that, not that gone. That lasted about three minutes, <laughs> yeah, the 60 yeah, to 1. Yeah. Yeah. Had he got, not gone bananas at the uh, plantation, that's. <laughs> Um, you know, that, that that price would have looked quite short, but then it's gone even shorter. And I thought, well, you know, ultimately this guy shot 23 under over the weekend. Um, he was 11th here last year, 9th the strokes game approach, 4th the strokes game putting. Um, 45 to 1 was what I took in the end. I'll just take it out of curiosity because he, if he gets anywhere near what he did over the weekend um, last week, um, no one's going to get close to him, so... Yeah. Then again, he might have burnt himself out in terms of birdies. I mean, that's an incredible performance he put in over the weekend at, uh, at the century. So um, if he can keep it going, then he's, uh, well, we shall see. But yes, here's the final one. If you look at Matt Jones, all of his most, his first win was on a that past seven, that longer, well, not even, kind of mid-distance past 72 at Redstone. Mm. But a lot, you know, we sent, we mentioned Greenbrier. You just look at Matt Jones, you know, it's all the shorter 70s and 71s yeah. that most of his best results come on. It was funny that Bet365 were first up yesterday, 60 to 1 Matt Jones, because that was the first thing we said about the betting market. Oh, 60 to 1 on Matt Jones, that looks all right. William Hill came out about 15 minutes later. So clearly the Bet365 guy, first job he had, he checked William Hill's prices and all of a sudden 60 to 1 became 40 to 1, which was exactly <laughs> what Sir William Hill chalked him up at. But yes, well, given if, how you're, if you're a believer in momentum, I mean, Jones is clearly tempting. Yeah. yeah just I think this is, this is one of the... Yeah. 
I can see all the logic with with that, especially Damon as well. He's been playing a very nice goal. I think that's us. It looks like we've actually done this podcast in around about an hour. Yeah, unless, unless Barry's got any more to add, have you, Barry? What, what, one more. Uh, oh, I did. I jumped off over to um, Cam Davis. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Played some nice stuff last week. Yeah, just grab a different Aussie, you know, just so we can spread our bets across the uh, some of the fields. <laughs> but um, he top ten here, didn't he? I think he's had a top ten here in the past. Steve and I noticed, I noticed this morning. I, had a, I noticed this morning he was in the top five last year at PGA West, which is the event they're playing next week. But again, that's a short, low-scoring par seventy-two, Bermuda grass greens. Yeah, he was thirty-first last year, ninth the year before. Yeah, he had a top ten here. Yeah, mm. good player, Cam Davis. Yeah, capable. we'll see. Hope he finishes second to GMAC. Um. <laughs> uh, we shall see stranger things have happened I think that's us isn't it gents next week we have two events don't we, we do. I think the HSBC Abu Dhabi is the headliner that is the start of the DP World Tour season yep. Rory McIlroy will be leading the market at 4-1 to one. well Maury Cowers there and Hovland as well so he's going to be yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's going to be some uh, some juicy prices further down that list next week. Mm. And in the States, we have the American Express at PJ West. I thank you for your time, gentlemen. I hope your bets go well. Yeah, best of luck, guys. Best of luck to listeners. And as I said at the top of the show, a five-star review both on Apple but also on Spotify would be absolutely magnificent. Also, if you're on Twitter and you see my podcast tweet go out there, when I release this tweet, if you could actually retweet it, whatever we can do to retweet and share on Twitter really will go a long way to just getting the uh, amount of listening ears on this podcast even bigger. So I would appreciate your help on that. I hope all of your bets go well. We'll be back again next week. Goodbye. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved. With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf